0: Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer and an entrepreneur. My mission, what I stand for is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and effectively so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. This mission reflects the core ways of being that I work to develop in teachers, confidence, clarity, purpose, impact, and connection. Through my mentorship program and my premier offer called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field and beyond, and a dose of personal development. For more information on my programs, please see my website, barebonesyoga.com. All righty. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and we are at episode 67. And this is the next episode in my special podcast series, all designed to bring you content, tips, and strategies to improve your health, up your energy give you tactical tips that you can use, and just all around keep you healthy and moving forward during this really unique and challenging time we're in. Now, as I sit here in, uh, in March recording these episodes, all of us around the world are dealing with the impact of the coronavirus. And as such, I knew my audience would be managing their own concerns while at the same time trying to regroup on their yoga teaching, which is of course the main focus of this podcast. So here in these episodes, I'll be interviewing guests with special expertise you can leverage to help you stay focused and action-oriented right now. So today's guest is Nick, uh, Nick, don't tell me, Bonnie Tadibas.
1: That was really good. Yeah, Yeah. that was really good.
0: I I went to YouTube and watched a couple people pronounce your last name. Um, So yes, Nick Bonnie Tadibas. Nick has extensive experience teaching businesses how to leverage video and social media. And he saw a need for a simple and easy way to use the power of video marketing. And he launched the ultimate guide for starting video marketing on social media to help organizations thrive online. So I want to welcome you to the podcast, Nick.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Now listeners, just to give you a sense, I'm in Boston and Nick, you're in Philly in particular? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And just to kind of Give people a little bit of background. So Nick and I met in October um, at a conference led by James Wedmore, who we both uh, follow as a mentor in business. And we were at this podcast uh, at this um, conference together. And we randomly ended up having lunch one day. I remember it was I was having fish tacos, and I still have dreams about those. They were so good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they were so good. So yeah. good.
0: Oh right, you had the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That- that was like the food truck from uh, from the, for the tacos. So yeah, so we met and I remember when I met him, I was so struck not only by his knowledge in marketing and especially digital marketing, uh, but also his energy and just how enthusiastic he was, what a great speaker he was. And so when I was thinking, gosh, I really want to have somebody on the podcast to help my audience, especially at this time with kind of making that jump to getting online, I knew that Nick was a person I wanted to reach out to. So, and he was willing to come on. So here we are. Is this like your first yoga podcast you've ever been on?
1: It is. Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole new frontier of audience for you.
1: Yes. Love it. (laughs) Excited about it. Yes.
0: Cool. All right. So I want to just kind of frame this a little bit. And I know you and I've talked about this before, but for the people who are listening, especially yoga teachers, and that's my main audience. So this idea that yoga teachers who have been teaching in-person classes, and now because the studios are shut down, the gyms are shut down, the nonprofit settings, if they're teaching children or special populations, all that is shut down um, to just essential service providers if not shut down entirely. So here they are as yoga teachers with no physical space to teach in, Uh, because of all these restrictions. And so for many teachers, um, this idea of being online is new to them and something that they may be unfamiliar with from a lot of different perspectives, getting started, the technical aspect. And so that's really, in my mind, I thought if there's one thing that people want to learn right now, even if it's in an introductory kind of small step sort of way, it's some actionable things they can do to start to get out there. So that's where you come in. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. We can kind of come at this from a lot of different directions. Do you, well, maybe a good place to start would be for you to talk a little bit in general before we dive into this about what you do and how you help people. Sure.
1: Yeah, Um, real quick. So basically I just make, video marketing easy. So I I have a course that teaches all, all the tools, gives you the equipment, and I really just break it down to make it simplified so that people don't feel overwhelmed, But but also understanding the strategy and that it's a lot more than people necessarily think about just filming and then, you know, it works. It's like, Well, actually, there's a lot more to it based on, you know, the distribution and your strategy and what you're saying, how you're saying it and how that ends up in search terms and, you know, choosing your topics to be certain things. And what's the overall goal of each of your videos? You know, how are you you strategizing and then getting it for people to actually see it. You know so where are you putting it how are you making sure that people are seeing it are you are you spending advertising dollars to get your video in front of the, the right audiences and there is a lot of technical aspect that can go into that with you know creating free trainings or free downloads that go into that so i actually help uh, clients you know one-on-one with that as well in actually helping them to break down the technology the implementation so they can create the system and create automation to generate actually generate leads from your videos and also create it in a way that's not going to be super time-consuming. It's not like, oh, I'm going to film a video because it pops into my head. You know, really creating a plan and going about it in the most effective way so that you can run your business and not spend all this time, you know, doing video.
0: Okay. So it sounds like it's helping people come up with the strategy for how the digital piece is gonna be part of their overall offering, unless they're the kind of person that does all of their offerings online, which my audience does not do. So for someone like a yoga teacher, it's you know how to make an online presence be part of all that you do, like one of the many things.
1: Yes, and I think it's so important, you know, no matter what, that you have an online presence, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, even as having your own studio, you know, the idea is to get people back in the studio. And the more that you can have an online presence of reminding people and staying in people's face, you know, just in or in their news feed, you know, in certain circumstances, the better it's going to be for you, the more that you can... Uh, you know, make it a space if you change classes, you know, change a time, or you're starting a new class, you know, being able to notify people and get people into that. And, you know, just having that presence of, of also a community. And that was something that I wanted to start with, you know, as, as if I can go into it. And I, that I think it's really important that people understand um, about social media, just in general, in that it's about building relationships, you know, that to me is, it's the number one core foundation. I have a few core foundations, but that's the number one core foundation for me. And, and, and just understanding that that's what it's all about is like creating relationships, even when you can't always be with that person in person, you know, people have a lot of things going on in their lives and, you know, things could come up, but you know, how do we stay connected? How do we strengthen those relationships? You know, you do the this by getting to know one another on social media and so you know you may be a yoga teacher but you have other interests other than yoga and it's important to have that presence online also because it gives somebody another opportunity to connect with you on a deeper level Got and the it. more than you The more that you can connect with people in different areas, the more that people are going to know you, like you, trust you, the more that they're going to want to hear more of your stuff, the more that they're going to want to spend time with you online or in your studio and and really just making those connections stronger by sharing more about yourself so that people get to know you.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, what about for yoga teachers um, or really anyone that, either does something on the side or something that is their primary role as a solopreneur. And they feel like, well, I don't have a studio. I'm just one person. I'm not a brand. You know, why would I need, or what would be the reason for me to build an online presence as that kind of solo entrepreneur? Are there still good reasons to do it?
1: Well, the number one reason can be to help people. You know, I think, you know, if you're a yoga teacher, you love yoga and you love the benefits that come with yoga. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you, each of you that are listening, have a story of how yoga has helped you in some other way other than just like, you know, it's, you know, being flexible as, you know, like, again, that's what made people think about. But obviously there's so much more, to what yoga can do from you know, big into in the mental space in general, and the more that you have an online presence, the more you're going to help people and expose people to something that had an impact for you, and you could help have that same impact for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So to me, whenever it comes to stepping out of your comfort zone, maybe a little bit, and going online and you know doing a video is if you really just think about okay don't worry about yourself don't worry about what other people are gonna think focus on that one person that you could help that you could impact even if it's just for a moment even if it's just for during that time of somebody watching your video you know i've been putting out video content for over a year and a half close to two years now And the amount of feedback that I get from the content is amazing. And regardless of whether or not that always amounts to sales or not, you know, the goal should be to be able to create an impact, spread your joy, spread your knowledge to help other people. And then the online presence and the revenue and people coming to your studio or, you know, following you comes with that. But it starts with just trying to help people. And that should be the mission for everyone, especially now with what everything, everything that's going on.
0: Right. Right. So that's interesting. And I think this makes a really for a really good bridge to kind of getting into some of the tactical stuff, because I think that it's possible that yoga teachers listening to this have been thinking, Oh, I can, you know, maybe make some money online And I guess my thought is given what you're saying, it sounds like you're saying there's kind of a preliminary step in a way where you're getting out there to share information and to build connection. And that's kind of the first step before you even start to think about the revenue or making money aspect. Is that true?
1: Yes, most definitely. And I would bet that the majority of people that started making money online from a variety of things did not do it with that intention. It was just things followed with that. You know, if you think about the, the young kid that was uh, doing toys, I don't know if you guys heard about that. He was doing, uh, he was like a six-year-old kid or maybe younger and he was reviewing toys online and he had a YouTube channel. Now they're making like a billion dollars or something insane through this channel, through you know, endorsements from companies, and again, but it didn't start with, with them like, hey, let's make a billion dollars, you know? or it's like supporting their whole family, like some six-year-old reviewing toys. So I think it's important to start with, with having a goal in mind in, in really just trying to educate people and trying to help people, and you know, the rest will follow. But if you're just in it for the money and you think that this is going to, all of a sudden you're just going to be like internet famous, it's just not going to happen. It's just not realistic, you know, to think that you're going to make this video and it's going to go viral. And all of a sudden you're going to be like this super big influencer. You know, when it comes to building your brand and building your online presence and building a video following, it takes consistency. And in order to have that consistency, you have to be doing it for the right reasons. And that's why it's important to have that that why of of why you want to, you know, you know, share your stuff and, and share your passion.
0: Yeah. I think that is so important that we talk about this first before we get into the tactical, because I really think like in the past two weeks, especially in the past week, I've seen such a proliferation of teachers going online. And I think that could potentially have other people thinking, oh, they're just replacing their income, you know, with things they're doing online, and again, having the, you know, making the assumption that that's possible, and, you know, maybe on some level, there is some opportunity, and we can talk about opportunity to, you know, what opportunities can we build into this infrastructure that we start talking about when we get to the technical, where you could potentially, charge people. Let's say if you were going to do a private yoga session, that might be something right out of the gate that you charge for versus just going online and building a website and doing Facebook lives, that kind of thing. Um, But I think it's really helpful that you're kind of framing it and saying, look, go into it with the right goal in mind, not necessarily to make money and to fill a void in your income generation portfolio, but go into it because this is something that can become part of your business for the long term, which actually if you build it now during this really huge crisis, you can keep growing it when this thing is is past us, you know, being in the forefront of, it'll be part of your business, right?
1: Exactly. And I think a lot of people are going to be trying to quickly make money and do things of that sort. Uh, And this is going to be an opportunity for you to stand out and, and really just try and be patient, you know, with, because you got to understand too, you know, everyone, everyone's in this and everyone, everyone's struggling. And, you know, if you're just trying to sell, 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 you know, Hey, buy my stuff, then it's going to be, it's going to come off much more, insensitive, insensitive Versus, if you come from of, Hey, I know this is tough for everyone. Like, let's get through this together. Um, you know, I'm doing some things to, to help out, you know, how can we do this? And then when the relationship, you have the opportunity to start to build the relationships online. So when things do settle, not only will you be able to continue the relationship and build the online following, but then also it will, you know, trickle into the live you know sessions that that you'll be doing but i think it's important that you know we understand the the sensitive nature of this and how we message everything and how we're how we're strategically talking with people to make sure that it's not just like hey give me your money give me your money you Mm -hmm. know everyone's struggling now everyone's hurting you know people are trying to do whatever they can to to throw stuff together to make some money and and a lot of people are making discounts which is great i think that's an important part um you know to do to to be able to help people in this situation and and are offering services that they've never offered this affordable but you know you know there's a level of okay well i can help people but also help me you know and at the end of the day you know you do have a a living that you're you're trying to make but again it's just being a little bit more smart about it and and strategically thinking about if you were that person and you were listening what would you want in this you know situation
0: right Right. yeah and i think too i mean i i keep looking for and, and silver lining isn't the right word but i keep looking for what are some things that when we come out the other side of this as individuals and collectively we can look back on and say these are things that were growth things that happen for us. And so for yoga teachers, it would be great if this downtime can be used for some teachers to build an online part of their business. And then as you say, when we're past this crisis, they can continue to infuse that with additional content, but the infrastructure will be there for them.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's get down to some of like, I mean there's so many questions I could start with but you know if let's take the scenario of I'm a yoga teacher I teach either full time or part time I think the majority of teachers are working and teaching on the side so they have some other in a, obviously now things are very different but they have some other source of income and they're teaching some classes they don't have any online presence right now they have a personal facebook page probably. They might have a personal Instagram. um, And that's really, you know, so their their social media presence is as a person, not as a teacher. They have no website. So, you know, where are they going to potentially start with getting online? Like, what's the first...
1: (laughs) so um the first thing i would say that is the easiest and the quickest is to create a uh, professional like a business page on facebook we'll say Um, i think that's a great place to start it's so important i talk about this all the time that people don't build their social media presence solely on their personal pages and i see people do it and i think it's it's a mistake because you lose a lot of potential because at the end of the day you're on Facebook and you got a lot of friends, you know, that you've probably accumulated over the years, Mm -hmm. college, high school, you know, family, friends, whatever it may be. Whereas when you build the business page, it now allows you to get followers that are specific to people that want to listen to you talk about yoga, you know? And so you're basically creating a fan base where everyone that likes the page are fans, followers, and supporters of you and your yoga venture. So mm-hmm. the more that you can build that up and, and start to invite people, so you create the page, start inviting people. Um, you can invite all your friends because again, even if somebody who's across the country or that's a family friend, they will support you. You know, and I think that that's a big part because a lot of social media is based on engagement. So you want to be able to have people that are going to get engaged with their stuff. So anybody who's willing to like your Facebook, your business page is going to be someone who's going to be more likely to engage with your content. And also it gives you the, you get the analytics, you know, so that's a big part of the more technical side of things. When you have a business page, you can see, okay, when I post at this time, I get this level of engagement or this day, I get this level of engagement. You can see, and after you start posting for a while, there's actually where you can go to the analytics and you can see where people are online the most. And so that you can strategically plan out your content during that time to get the most eyes on it. So, you know, and then if you do want to eventually start growing it and spending money, which I do recommend because- Facebook and online is a pay-to-play area so it's a big opportunity for you to be able to spend some advertising dollars even it's like five dollars a day you know whatever it is that you have to allocate to that to making sure that it's getting in front of those eyes because the way the algorithms work even if somebody does like your business page it doesn't even necessarily guarantee that they're gonna see your stuff which is unfortunate but Again, that's just the way that it works in regards to how the algorithms and social media works in general. So being able to spend a little bit more money on it is going to help get it in those eyes. Make sure that your fans are seeing it so that they're you know you're continuing to build that relationship and and having people see your offers and see the content that you're creating.
0: Okay, so step one would be to create that business Facebook page which maybe some teachers would have one, but if they don't, that's a place to start. Now, if they don't have or if a a teacher doesn't have a website, should they spend a little time setting up a basic one or two page website or just go with the Facebook page for now?
1: Um, I think For now, I I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, it's pretty amazing what you can do with social media in general now as in a presence. Um, You know, obviously a website is great. But, you know, in this situation, in understanding that, you know, things are a little crazy now, and maybe you want to, you know, not spend the money or time. If you do have the resources and you want to do that, it's a good way to kind of stand out and, and kind of come from a higher level of professionalism with that website. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of sites out there, there's people that can do it. And I'm sure there's gonna be even more people now that are going to be trying to learn how to build websites and things of that sort, um, where you may even be able to get somebody to do it for free That's somebody that's trying to figure this out. So that if something like this happens again, you know, again, they're trying to learn the skill. Um, But again, there's like things like Wix and Weebly, which, you know, from a grand scheme of things, I generally don't recommend from like an SEO standpoint. But, um, you know, for your usage and from an easiness drag and drop, those type of sites can be be great.
0: Just to get kind of some sort of shell, which is completely independent of like social media channels, like, you know, and you could link... Mm -hmm to your Facebook page, like here's my website URL, that type of thing. Okay, so, all right, so let's kind of stick with Facebook um, because I know, you know, just my, my guess is, especially if teachers currently don't have a separate presence on Facebook besides their personal presence, their next question might be, okay, great, so I set up this Facebook page what am I supposed to put on there, (laughs) you know, and keep in mind, these are yoga teachers, right? So are they using it potentially to teach yoga? Are they using it to post articles? You know, what are, what are, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah. So um, one of the things I always, I always mention is, um, you know, starting with your why and kind of who you are, if you've ever uh, read the book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, it's an awesome book. Um, and and really, you know, just again, you're introducing yourself. So um, uh, a lot of times in, I have a private Facebook group for my members and every once in a while, I'll just like re-challenge them. And one of the first things I do is I, I say, hey, go live on your Facebook, your, your, your business page and just reintroduce yourself. So even if, you know, and again, so you're just starting. So now is a great opportunity to introduce yourself. But even if you have a presence already and you have a page, it's a great way, again, to just like give people the rundown, potentially new followers um, or and gain new followers and just let people know like who you are and what you're about. You know, again, that's that's what's going to separate you is is kind of sharing a little bit more about who you are. Um, and you know what your why is of, of why you do it, why you enjoy yoga, you know, the benefits that you've seen, things of that sort, like I mentioned before. And then um, you know, once you do that, then it's about providing value. So one of the things, like people talk about articles and I've never been a huge fan of articles. And one of the biggest reasons is because so many people just share an article and they don't actually even talk about it. And it's like, all right, well, did you even read the article? You know, if you're going to share an article, you should be writing at least four to five sentences about the value that you got from the article, what was so beneficial from the article, you know, how are you really encouraging people to read that article? Now, also, again, just kind of trying to give you a perspective, but also articles in general are not the best thing for Facebook, because that's another website. And Facebook doesn't like when you're sharing outside links. So for example, if you're posting a YouTube video on Facebook, Facebook does not like that. Facebook Facebook is all about keeping you in-house. They only want you to stay on their platform. So anything that's going to drive them elsewhere, they're going to not show in the newsfeed as much. They're going to lower it based on the algorithm to show it to more people. So that's why it's important to keep to think about that is how can you create conversations, but keeping people on the platform itself, creating the conversations on the platform itself—that's what's really going to have the value. That's what Facebook wants to see.
0: Okay. So my next question is: What if people are terrified of video being on camera?
1: Yes, i uh, i often I often get that a lot. So I, I'll have I'll give you two answers here. Okay, but I've already prefaced that I don't like the second one that much. Okay, but the first one is uh, similar to what I was talking about earlier is that, you know, being on camera can be tough. Like I remember the first time I was posting one of my videos and it's, it's really funny to look back on that first video because I was wearing like this like old white t-shirt because I had just worked out. Uh, my hair was all over the place. I was in my bedroom. The camera's moving all over the place. You know, I didn't really have too much of a plan, but I had the video and I was, I watched it probably like five times before hitting that publish. But I finally, I was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to hit publish. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen until you do it. And when I did that, the amount of feedback and support of people, um, you know, talking about how much they loved it. And and all I did was I was talking about a podcast that I just listened to. And then so people actually went and they listened to that podcast and then they commented and they talked about how people were texting me and it was like oh my gosh I just made this one video you know just trying to help people trying to share what i had just learned and then all of a sudden got all this feedback so you know i think it's important to to really just try not to be selfish in worrying about your own insecurities and think about how you can help people in showing your face and again so to, to kind of favor the video side of things is understanding that the facial recognition is what helps people strengthen, you know, getting people to know you and see you. You know, if you post a video of a beautiful skyline and then you also post a video of you with the beautiful skyline, the one with your face is going to get so much more feedback, engagement, comments because it people stop when they see somebody that they know. And again, you're just adding that facial recognition to your brand. So even if you are like a bigger company, I always say, you know, you want somebody to be the face, even if it's multiple faces, you want to have faces with your brand, you know, to build that recognition. So I always, 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 again, focus on that one person that you can help and and goes to that facial recognition. Now, the other side of it, of the, the, the answer that I don't even really want to say, but I'm going to say it just because I think it's important in general is you can do something like a screen share using zoom where it's like a PowerPoint slide and you're providing value. And that's where where maybe it's just your voice. Uh, And so that's a way for you to potentially create video that it doesn't have you on camera, even though you definitely should do it. Um, (laughs) Does that, does that help? I hope that kind of gives some people some options.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of, push past the fear and it does get easier over time.
1: And so that's a great point. And that, and that's exactly it. And I think that sums up exactly this of what, why, you know, Oh, you don't like it at first. Like, Oh, you're not good at video. You haven't done it yet. You know, right. a lot of people, when you're just getting started, you know, it, it's, it's tough. You like, maybe you fumble on some words more or, you know, but, it, but that comes with practice. Right. So but, but you need to get the bad ones out, you know? And again, they're not going to be bad, bad. Cause again, people are so worried about their judgments. They're not going to be judging you too much. Most of the time people are going to be more appreciative and say, Oh my gosh, like you're courageous in a way for being able to put yourself out there, you right. know? So just, you're actually demonstrating, you know, something that's very powerful to other people just by, you know, putting yourself in what could be an uncomfortable situation, but just understanding you will get better, you'll get more fluid. You know, I film videos now and I I do like one take for the most part, it's really easy. I get in, get my content and I'm out because I've done it for so long now. So again, but the more practice you get, the better you get, the more comfortable you'll get and then it'll be really easy for you and you won't be holding that publish button for five minutes waiting to hit that publish. Well, yeah. you may have that in the beginning, but again, just take that first step, you know, put your feet in the water and and kind of watch what happens.
0: yeah, and I think especially for yoga teachers, I mean, look at what we do. We speak in front of people and lead them through a practice and I know for teachers, there's a lot of barriers to being a confident speaker, and some of that resides in a lack of knowledge about what you're saying, depending on the training you got, depending on what you retain. Sometimes there's a little bit of that imposter syndrome at play, or you know, maybe your own self-assessment is, I don't really know this stuff I'm saying. I'm just kind of repeating it. And then in addition, there can just be the fear around public speaking, which I think is right up there with like one of the top fears that people have. So I think for yoga teachers, the cool thing is if you put yourself in front of a camera it's a great way to build public speaking skills which you need for your job mm-hmm. 100 so yeah you're gonna you're gonna and and i think to a certain extent video yoga teaching is a little easier than in-person yoga teaching so it is a bit of a way to kind of quell that fear somewhat um, okay so so we've built our personal facebook page we're sharing from the heart, we're doing more video over posting other articles. What about this idea of, so when I say posting video for, for people who are unfamiliar, I'm thinking, and let me just check with you, are we thinking Facebook Live? Is that what we're talking about when we say do a video on Facebook?
1: So that's a great question. Um, and so I actually uh, teach kind of two strategies. So. Um, you know, understanding that your time is valuable. And so, you know, if you're always going live, then that's the actual time that you are, you know, spending that, you know, on a potential weekly basis. And so I actually do, I have two video series, basically. I have one live video series that I do basically every Monday morning, I go live and I talk about some personal development aspect, some type of tip that's, you know, more on a gratitude spectrum or, you know, living a more fulfilled or, you know, happiness life or meditation or, you know, just something of that sort that's a little bit different outside of the video and social media. And then I have the video and social media channel that are pre-recorded. I have a green screen. I I spend a, a time and I film a bunch of episodes. I professionally edit them and then they go out periodically. And so I find it very important to have both of them because at least in in this situation, there's two values that come from it. So the one from the social media and video marketing that are pre-planned, again, your time is valuable. So the amount of time that it took to film, it only took 45 minutes for me to actually film all those videos versus if you're doing it each day then it's gonna take longer, you're setting up everything. So if you set up once and then film a bunch, it allows you to open up more time. So it's important to have that pre-recorded. Now, the other side of it is the live, which can be very beneficial because, again, you don't have the editing process, so it's simplified in that regard. And it's much more authentic. So you come off more authentic in the live. Uh, I always share this story, I was at a speaking event um, that I talked at, and one of the attendees came up to me after, and they said that they were doing a live demonstration of a jewelry product, uh, like a, a you know a necklace, and she dropped it on the live feed. Um, but what ended up happening, you know, it was fine; like it didn't break, like nothing happened. She just picked it back up, and then they were able to laugh about it, and you know, it ended up getting more comments and more engagement because it's just real. So you come off much more real when you're going live. And if something happens where you like, you know, have a a, a spoof or like your dog comes in and and you know into the the shot, like that's okay. Like people can relate to that. It's funny. It's engaging. Um, and then not to mention from the more technical standpoint, from the algorithm that the social media platforms tend to favor the live feeds, um, and they show more of that based on going live on those platforms.
0: Okay. So the one technical question I have for you is. In the video produced, in the produced video content that you're doing separate from the Facebook lives, where do those videos live? Do they live on Facebook?
1: So, the, you're talking about the pre recorded ones? Yeah. So, I always say they should be everywhere. Um, and when I say everywhere, again, that sometimes can be overwhelming. Um, I mean more so in a few different places. Where your audience is,
0: but so I mean, let me just jump in for one second. Do okay. you record them like you you do them on your camera. You put them on your computer and then you upload them to Facebook.
1: Yes, and oh, I then
0: you could do that. I thought you had to put them like on YouTube and then put them on Facebook, but you can just go right from your hard drive right to Facebook as a video, just like you would load a picture.
1: Yep. Yeah. And you can do that to all the different platforms. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you're uploading your videos directly to the platform. So you're not trying to share one social to the other one. So you're uploading the video directly to Facebook. You're uploading the video directly to YouTube. You're uploading the video directly to Pinterest. Okay.
0: So then for teachers, and I don't know, I mean, my senses, most of my audience won't have like, a good camera, editing skills, green screen, like they won't have that. So if they do, great. They can have those other videos that they do on the camera, put on their computer, upload them to Facebook. If they don't, they can do Facebook Live, right?
1: Yes. Okay. And And just one real quick too. So what you can do too, if you do do Facebook Live, make sure you save that video um because like before you hit publish because i've been having issues where i can't download the the live video on facebook for some reason so i've been making sure that you save that video before you hit publish and then you can put it on your other platforms so you can take that live and you can put the live on youtube you can put the live on instagram i
0: had no idea okay that's good to know. All right, so let's before we go off of Facebook, let's now go. We're like, okay, hey, set up a Facebook business page. Great. Do content on your Facebook business page. Great. Do video content. Great. Do Facebook Live if you don't have like photo editing skills and a nice camera. So now for what seems to be happening a lot now, which is, hey, I'm teaching a cl- like a free class, you know, at five o'clock on. Wednesdays, because all the studios are shut down, like kind of like what you're saying, meeting people where they're at, being of support during this time. So how are teachers going to do that? Are they just like opening up their laptop in their apartment or their living room and like saying, hey, let's do this together? Like, how are they doing that? I mean, it's a little bit so, than content that's just talking content.
1: Yes, absolutely. And so, the first thing I want to say is that um, I think it's really important to be building the audience somewhere. Um, so, what I would say is important to get an email list if you can. I would say that is one of should be one of your highest priorities in gathering email addresses of all of your students. Um, and so. Because again, you build up an audience, let's say on Facebook and then government regulations come in and like Facebook's done and you're like, what? I, I don't have anything now. So you always want to make sure that you, uh, you own your audience and that's by getting their email addresses because emails, that's always going to be a thing where you have an email address. So you can do that now. Um, you Zoom is a is a resource for that. There's GoToWebinar. We could do something or um, MailChimp, for example. That's actually like so. GoToWebinar and Zoom are more like the video platforms where you would host like a a training or you know a class potentially, or you do something that is um, again like uh, you can do a Facebook group. So that's a great opportunity where you're getting people into it. So when somebody joins the group. You ask them, Hey, what's your email address? So you right. have, requ- you have them required questions that they must answer before they get in, in, approved into the group. Now that has to be done manually. You have to like, you know, but depending on how big your audience or how big a team is, you know, you could take the time to put all them in Excel spreadsheet and then use MailChimp and populate them so you can then send them emails. You could send them links to a YouTube video that you made that only they see because you put it as unlisted. So there's a lot of ways where you can give out video content only to people who are, you know, part of your list and or paying you.
0: Got it, got it. Now, if you didn't have a list and you were kind of in this beginning stages of developing an online presence, Um, would you just suggest kind of setting up your your laptop someplace and just kind of posting in your group every Wednesday, you know, I'm gonna do a class at such and such a time?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great way to to build the the list is is getting people to some area, whether either it is the group or it's like using Zoom or go to webinar, where you're getting people on a consistent basis. So I think the group, honestly, is a great opportunity for you to gather that list, but then also let them know where they can find the list. They know right at that time that you're going to be in there, you're going to go live in that group. And again, then you're building the community. So now you're going to have other people that like yoga, that are students, and you're going to build relationships in that group. And Facebook groups are big right now, too, because Facebook's trying to reward more community things they're trying to take away from, you know, yes, they still obviously they like running ads, but they favor a lot of the personal and group stuff. So having a group can be a huge advantage to make sure that you're getting seen, people can turn on notifications, so that they make sure they get notifications about when you post in a group. But also having that consistent time that you're going to be doing it allows people to, you know, get into your class or watch your video. That's something that I always try and teach people in general about videos is you have a scheduled time that your video goes out. I mentioned every Monday morning I'm doing a video so people know they expect it. So the more that you can be consistent in that regard is going to be very beneficial to be able to continue to build
0: that audience. Got it. All right. So let me just make sure people get the distinction. So we started out suggesting people set up a Facebook page just for themselves as a business. And if they don't have a business name, it could just be their name or it could be like Sally Smith Yoga, something along those lines. And so now that's their Facebook page, business page. If we want them to set up a group, additionally, that would be a separate page. And it could be something like, you know, Sally Smith's weekly yoga class group or weekly yoga group, whatever you're going to call it. That would be a separate it's separate from a page. It's a group.
1: Yes. And what you could do too, um, you know, is there's a way to kind of combine both of the business page. So you could, um, if you're posting stuff on the business page, you could share it into your group to get more of your community to then engage with your business page content. And the vice versa could also work as if like you go live on the, on the, professional page and you're directing people to the group you know so however you know again you want to use these tools together keep in mind though this is a mistake sometimes people made. you can't share something from a group outside of the group right just keep right yeah
0: okay and then when you were talking about mailing lists that would be just from a kind of technical infrastructure side of things the teacher would need to so would need to buy some kind of monthly subscription to some kind of mail list provider?
1: Not necessarily. No. Okay. Um, MailChimp is free. Uh, I think you can have like 10,000 contacts for free. Uh, There's okay. also like constant contact. Okay. Um,
0: great. Great. Yeah. So that's so a lot great. of free resources.
1: Yeah. And, okay. and they actually have capabilities too, where like you can have a landing page where somebody could opt in to your newsletter. So you don't even need like a website to embed the code onto it. You know, maybe your Facebook page website um, is actually just a link to your, you know, MailChimp newsletter.
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah, I didn't think of that because that having having that opt-in page would basically allow a teacher without having to set up a website to give out a link to someone to have them join their mailing list without them having to build a website to get there. Okay, so that's great. All right, so now if we, if we kind of say, okay, great, we've, we've got this Facebook page, maybe we have a Facebook group, we're potentially sharing free yoga classes on our Facebook page, which is just done via Facebook Live what about teachers who know about youtube maybe have a youtube channel maybe they don't or maybe they're thinking hey i thought video content goes on youtube because that's i think when people think video they think youtube even though you know god now there's TikTok and you know obviously instagram instagram live facebook live but youtube i feel like is still kind of the video platform so does it make sense for them to do both or are there differences with how they're going to potentially put things on youtube
1: so um all right so the first thing is i mentioned earlier about having the organicness of of not wanting to share your stuff otherwise so a lot of people they try and like they try and share their youtube videos because youtube has the potential of monetization where if you get enough subscribers or people watching your videos that you, the AdSense kicks in, you can make money. But again, it's not that easy to make money on YouTube. So depending on what your intention is with YouTube, because a lot of times YouTube can just be your main video host. So for example, um, for my clients and my students, I always recommend you upload your video to YouTube and you put that somewhere on your website because video uh, when you have something on youtube google owns youtube so by having a youtube video on your website it actually improves your seo so if you have like a blog per se on your you know your website then you're posting a new video on your blog and you're basically creating a vlog of your video series where it's all those youtube videos and you're building the audience there but also understanding that you know you want people to watch your content. And so if they're on Facebook, you want to be able to deliver that content on Facebook. I actually have a much bigger following on Facebook than I actually do on YouTube. So I I've only got, you know, like, you know, a handful, not more than a handful, but a smaller number on YouTube than I do on Facebook because that's just where I started building my audience, that's where people are seeing me, that's where people are watching me. Now I still use the Facebook or the YouTube channel where it's on my website all my newsletters go to the my website which then have the youtube video so all of that is then being correlated into it now from a youtube standpoint certain things to understand is that it is a search engine in itself so you know if you're just you know doing like yoga class you know you're going to be competing against probably a ton of people if that's like your subject line But if you are going really specific into something that somebody may be searching, that's where the opportunity comes for somebody to discover you on YouTube. Where if it's like, you know, something like, and again, I don't know that much about yoga, but if it's like downward facing dog in another unique way or, you know, that helps bowel movement or or something like that, I I don't know.
0: I have one on like healthy back, yoga for healthy back, and for whatever reason, that one gets tons of hits. Because I think people go on YouTube and look for that.
1: Right. And so that's unique where it's like, okay, so somebody is searching for yoga specifically for their back. And so the more specific that something is going to be, the more likely it's going to show up in those search terms, you know, on YouTube where somebody's going to look for it. And so that's the other thing about YouTube is somebody, when you go to YouTube, you're going specifically to learn something. Whereas Facebook has the opportunity for people that are already on the platform to see you and discover you for the first time without them having to go out of their way and try and find
0: you. Got it. Now, if if someone wants to put content on YouTube, is the only way to do it that they have to get a camera and film themselves to get something there?
1: Nope. You can post. I mean, phones are amazing. Um, you know, I have an iPhone eight right now and that quality is still really good. Um, you know, I'm sure even filming on like a six is still pretty good from an iPhone standpoint. And so don't feel like you need to have this crazy high quality footage to create video. Um, that's not true. Um, I think that there are little things that you can do that are cost effective, that can be very beneficial to make you stand out and come off a little bit more professional. So for example, if you are using your phone, get a tripod. That is a very cheap, uh, affordable investment. It is the one thing in my course that it's like a requirement. In my course, I give a lot of different options of things you can purchase depending on what your budget is, but it's like, you need a tripod. No matter what, get a tripod. It's like $15, maybe like $25. Uh, And again, there are really expensive tripods, but ones that have, that hold your phone, you know, you can get an affordable tripod. that's going to give you that stable, you know, stable view to make it. So it's not like you're moving, you don't have to worry, especially like with yoga, if you're trying to like maybe lean it against books or something, or you're trying to position it and then it falls during like, you know, you don't want that. And it can be so much easier to just get, get a tripod to get to that little extra level of professionalism.
0: Okay. All right. So, okay. So unlike Facebook live where they just open their computer and teach yoga that way with YouTube, there's at least that preliminary step of they're going to record on their phone and then upload it to YouTube. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, all right. So, I know that, you know, obviously there's Instagram, you know, I think that's probably like the third one. Do you, for someone who's just starting out, suggest that they hone in on one versus all or those top three?
1: Yes. So I, like I mentioned earlier, I don't necessarily like focusing on one because if that goes away, then now you're kind of, on, you know, in that, in building that audience. And, you know, I have just found within myself that because of the different algorithms that you, you get exposed to new people on the different platforms. So the people that are watching my videos on LinkedIn are a lot different than the people that are watching my videos on Facebook. So, you know, it's important to be able to have, you know, the variety of, of places. Now, again, it doesn't take that much more time to post, you know, on the other platforms, you know, like going from Facebook to IGTV can be very easy, you know, in posting to both of them. It doesn't need to be this super complex. So, you know, you've already spent the time creating that video, you know, you've spent the time, you know, making it, you want to build up the audiences elsewhere. So like, for example, with YouTube, YouTube rewards people that are consistently posting videos. So if you're spending time posting it on Facebook, you might as well just put it on YouTube and start building up that library, you know, and with, with Facebook too, you know, or with YouTube, if you get people from Facebook that are watching the videos and then it's easier for them to watch multiple of your videos on YouTube. So there's, there's definitely a, a, a lot of, uh, Positive benefits to being on multiple platforms. You don't have to be like on TikTok and Snapchat and, and you know everywhere. But I would say, like you mentioned, I think picking three is a really good strategy.:
0: Okay. All right, so one more piece that I want to talk about, because up until this point, we've really been talking about free content on free channels. And, you know, really connecting to that overall goal of getting my name out there, telling my story, being of service, getting people to know me and that kind of thing. What about, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong right now because of what's happening. If some teachers are thinking, hey, is there a way for me to offer my services where I used to get paid in a studio to do this? Is there a way for me to offer something where there can be some transaction there between me and the person or the people? And so, and I've even thought about this for myself, like all the studios I teach in are closed. I do have online options and online programs, but they're not really for teaching yoga. All of what I do is more around teaching teachers. Um, So for teachers who are now saying, how could I teach yoga and be paid? I was starting to just think myself, you know, if I were to say, hey, I'm going to offer private yoga sessions virtually. Do you have any ideas around how you could do that and, and charge somebody for that? Like, would that be like a Zoom with a Stripe or PayPal combo? Like, I,
1: Yeah. I, off the top of my head, um, my first thought was PayPal. I like PayPal. I think it's really simple and easy to use, um, where you could create it's something. Like
0: Venmo, I don't do Venmo, but I know that's like the TikTok of payment platforms. I feel like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean Venmo is nice. It's simple and easy, but I think. Uh, Um, and it's, and Venmo is just as trusting as PayPal. It's owned by PayPal. So a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah.
0: Did not know that. Yeah.
1: So it was, it was bought by PayPal like three years ago or something of that sort. Um, but again, PayPal, again, you can create, you know, that, that invoice or you're sending it to somebody where somebody's paying you the amount. And then basically what you can do is you can add them to either a private, Facebook group, like we talked about earlier, but you make it so it's only for people who have paid you. Um, and, or you do a zoom, you know, session that you uh, put their information in directly. So you're not, you're not giving that registration link out to anybody so that you just put them in there directly. Got it. And, you know, so again, to, uh, you know, there's been successful people that have been able to you know, do this without having all of these, without having a website, without having all this, you know, tech support, like you can do it very minima, minimalistically, you mm-hmm. know, that's just gonna, hey, here's the payment. Hey, here's how, you know, you access the class. Right. And, and I mean, you can even have two Facebook groups, you know, you could have the public Facebook group that you let everyone in. And then you could have one that's only for the paid members, you know, and you could potentially create, uh, you know, again, it's monthly, So within PayPal, you, you have a monthly invoice that goes out to them that, you know, charges them however much a a month, you know, and so they're getting that recurring payment. And, you know, if they don't pay, then you take them out of the private Facebook group and, you know, or, you know, again, something of that sort um, where you have to manage it. But, you know, I think it is important that you get paid and that, that people that are paying are getting, you know what they paid for and you're not um always giving it out for free yeah
0: right right okay that's cool i didn't think about the private facebook group being something and i know if you do it on zoom you could even give them the recording and they would have that practice session to do over and over again so that actually adds to the value of what they're paying for it's not just a once and done it's something you could potentially give them the recording
1: right and you could even say that they're getting the live sessions as well as a private Facebook community that you charge for, for being a part of this community, community that helps motivate you to do yoga more regularly. Right. And so that's like an added value, you know, and it's like, hey, these are only people that are paid people. So there's going to be a higher value of, um, you know, people that that are better members, we'll say, okay. that are you know like more engaging yeah because they've paid so you're going to get a better quality in that specific group
0: yeah and you could even as a teacher in that private facebook group give them like meditation sessions and you know other things adding to the more premium nature of that that program or that offering i really like that i mean i think that essentially what you're laying out for teachers is a way to build an online presence that's starting with free content and then going to something kind of one-to-one transactional, which is just, hey, I'll teach you on Zoom and charge you you know, 60, 70 bucks, whatever it is, give you the recording. And then there's like the next level, which is a group, a monthly membership. But again, it's through Facebook. So it's not even like I need to have anything more complicated than Facebook and some kind of mailing list provider that gives me that free opt-in page to help build my list. I mean, that essentially is kind of a shell online marketing strategy for yoga teachers that I think they could really spend this time building and could come out of this whole crisis with like a little revenue generating machine and community building machine and way for them to get their name out there.
1: Yeah. And I think an important thing to understand too is that you can build a successful business off of a small group of people. So there's two ways to make money, you know, selling to a ton of people with a small price point. But then also the other side of it is having a higher price point and having more personalized, custom, one on one time, you know. So again, think about that as well in how you can offer your services, if you find somebody that's like really all about you, then you have an opportunity to potentially move them up your, you know, Ascension model, as James Wedmore says, um, and, you know, be able to move them up where they start paying more, you know, yeah. and so you could even have two things like, uh, hey, your first online session is free. You know, if you wanted to do something like that to get them in and then, you know, then they're, then they're being charged monthly, but it gives them the opportunity to see what it's like to give them a taste. Um, And then that's how you can kind of draw people in. You could do like a five minute class that's free on your, you know, professional business page, but then you're like, Hey, I have hour long classes that you can be a part of. So like people start engaging with the free stuff and then you can send them a direct message and be like, Hey, are you aware that I actually have? you know, paid classes. Now, I wouldn't say that's the first thing you say, you should reach out to them, connect with them. Hey, I'm, you know, thanks for commenting. You know, how long have you been doing yoga and, and kind of just build that relationships before you give them the ask. But again, you'll see based on who's engaging, it gives you the opportunity to then figure out who your potential customers could be. Um, so you can nurture them and, and then hopefully have them become buyers later down the line
0: yeah i love this i didn't you know i i wrote out a bunch of questions and i was just glancing at them and i didn't quite know how we were going to end up but i love that we ended up here because i feel like it can be so empowering for yoga teachers right now who are for the most part contracted workers right unless you are teaching at a gym where you tend to be you know on staff at a gym you might even have your taxes taken out of your your pay and you might get some benefits there most teachers are just freelancers teaching at studios. And so this whole crisis has left a lot of teachers feeling completely upended with no job security, right? The studio's closed, I don't work, I don't get paid, even if it's a part-time gig for them. And I I hope what teachers realize is all of what you're sharing is a way for them to kind of take the reins and start to create their own um, platform to meet people, connect with people, share what they love, all of what you said, share their story and start to earn money in that way. Is it going to be a million dollars out of the gate? No, but this is like you said, you have to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. And I, one thing I want to add too, and that's a great point. And, you know, it just made me think of, you know, as a, as a freelancer where maybe you're on multiple studios, the thing to think about is if you build up an audience online that, gives you a presence that people want to work with you and they don't care which studio you're at. Now it gives you leverage where if you're bringing people in on your own, it's going to leverage that ability to, for whichever studio to pay you more, where it's like, Hey, these people are coming to me, you know, not to your studio. And so you start to, you can gain the power in that and being able to not solely relying on the studio for the support, but becoming more in control because you have the audience, you have your following, you being able to market them wherever you are. Hey, I'm gonna be at this studio today. Hey, I'm gonna be at this studio today and getting them to come.
0: Yeah, I think too, obviously what we've learned from this current situation is that the brick and mortar format is is susceptible. And, you know, I think a lot of what I've learned from this whole crisis already is what kinds of jobs are insulated from a problem like this, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot we could talk about there, but I think it does for teachers make us think, you know, we've got to have some other source of income, especially if we teach full time, if the brick and mortar, like you say, Goes away. Like we have to have our own following. We have to have our own way to reach our clients, our customer base, our audience. Um, so no, I think that's a great point. All right. So here's the thought. You know, if people are listening to this and they're thinking this all sounds great, but I really feel like I need help, and they want to invest in your program, which sounds like it has a lot of the nuts and bolts of how to do it. How do they find you? How do they find out more about that?
1: Yes. So. Um- my website is thedigitalchamps.com, and if you go to that page, you can see me. Um, and there's a, if you press the main button on the page, you'll see there's a free download. Also, um, basically, it's a, it's an ebook that I created called Video Social 101. So that's kind of like a great little starting point. And um, I haven't decided yet, but it's very likely that I'm going to be doing a special promotion coming out this week. Okay. So, And
0: this um, test episode will go live whatever day we're on. We're on the 23rd. It'll go live, not tomorrow, but the next day. So whatever. Yeah.
1: So it'll probably be live right now. um, You know, at the time that this is published where um, I want to help people. So I want to offer, you know, what I've created for a discounted rate so that people can start Uh building their businesses online. Because I know that there's a lot of value in what I've created and I want to be able to help people, um, you know, during this, this difficult time. So I'm going to be offering something that's just, in my opinion, very low, (laughs) but again, good for, for you guys, if you want to really learn more and get the step by step to, to really start building your presence online.
0: That's perfect. So that so the and I'm going to put this in the show notes. The digitalchamps.com is that your website or is that where they should go for the program?
1: So that's my website. Okay. Um if you go to um thedigitalchamps.com/guide yeah. that is the actual program itself.
0: Got it. Okay, fantastic. Um and then on social media, like if people want to find you on Instagram, what's your handle there?
1: So my handle is Nick J Bonnie the first four letters B O N I of my last name so
0: um,
1: and that's where I am across the board uh you can find me Facebook uh LinkedIn it's all the same Twitter uh, I don't even really use Twitter that much but uh again it's it's consistent throughout but I would say Instagram um and Facebook are are okay. the best places to follow me.
0: Okay great. Well this was fantastic. I learned a whole bunch, so I, actually, like, <laughs> I had like a free consulting session. So I'm super psyched. I'm super
1: psyched. Awesome, yeah. I'm so glad we were able to do this. You know, yeah. and, and you know, it's my privilege to to be able to share my insight and value and to help people. You know, even more so during this this difficult time. So thank uh-huh. you so much for having me.
0: Oh God, for sure. I mean, and I know you know when I to have an opportunity to chat with you, it makes it feel a little less like we're in the middle of whatever, you know, what we're in the middle of. It's like, oh, we're just doing a normal and how nice to reconnect with you after mm-hmm. meeting you in October. So it does bring a little bit of normalcy to what is a very strange time. But I know that people are gonna love this. And and I think that you've given them a really empowered strategy to, to kind of harness their power in a good way right now, instead of starting to kind of really get into the doldrums. I think this will be uplifting for people to hear. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I will see you again soon at some point.
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely. And let me know, you know, either email me or DM me when this is live so I can, you know, blast it out also.
0: Absolutely. I will. All right. Thank you so much.
1: No problem. Take care. All right. Have a good week. You too.
0: Bye-bye.